I'm going to turn my attention over there and welcome in Mr. J.M. Ryerson. Let's go win. Brother, what is happening? I, I don't know if that is every time accountability, but literally you're talking about one of my favorite words and... I, I don't know, man. This could be a lot of fun because it gets such a bad rap and I'm listening to it and I'm like, holy shit, he's talking to me. Like, this is my guy. So I, I, this is going to be awesome. Boom. We're bringing it, man. So let's just jump right into it. Why is it so hard for us as human beings to be accountable to ourselves? I made a joke about being on time. No skill required to be on time, yet many people are rarely on time. Why is that? Well, I picked up on the fact that you said 11 minutes, which tells me a lot about how you think. Talk about the power of 11 minutes, JM. Yeah. So numbers, are, this is a dark, deep rabbit hole that we could go down. You pop two four in the back of the pickup truck, head on down the back roads of Montana, go have some beers with your buddies, right? Uh, brother, I we didn't go anywhere without having an open beer. It's just the way it was. I woke up this morning from a colleague who sent me this picture. The way you see yourself will determine how you sell yourself to the world. In this way, the world cannot determine your value. That's freaking brilliant. And one of the mantras I say every morning is, I am the energy I desire to show up. I am the energy I want to attract in this world. Business leader looking for next? I was. Are you an athlete transitioning to next? I wasn't. If you're looking for your next, this is the space for you. This is the Business Athlete Performance Lab. Hi, I'm Keith Billis, and this is Live in the Lab. All right. A little bit of weirdness in front of the camera there for anybody who's watching. Because I'm like, hey, where's the button? Where's the button? I can't get it going. How did you go viral on TikTok? You were on America's Got Talent. How much do you get paid to be on AGT? Oh, you didn't get paid. Keith and Steve here in the live in the lab. You're a great interviewer. I love it. 48 miles, 48 hours. And not just once. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> I hit 50 last time and I'm like, yeah, things are a little different than they were 10 years ago. So trust me, things are to keep you. have no time for the BS that much yeah. of society seems to put on the table. Why is that? What you're talking about is real right now. There's just no bullshit here, but it's just real. We brought you in with some Marley. I said, Joseph, let's talk music for a second. You said, Keith Oldies, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I've never talked to a sir before. Why are you a sir? In many ways, we're the same story. I came from nothing. You came from nothing. I think the old saying goes that if you want a trophy, you climb Everest. If you want respect, you climb K2. I've built an AI myself, and it's pretty fascinating when you can have a conversation with yourself with your own knowledge. Have you done that before? Why are we rushing to make these tools if they're all they're going to do is hurt humanity? Does the world need an Oppenheimer moment with AI? What a fun show. What's going on, nation? What is going on, business athlete nation? There we go. We're bringing it in on a Wednesday. Rest and recovery Wednesday. You know how it works here live in the lab with myself, Keith Billis. In the Business Athlete Performance Lab, the accountability company. Yeah, there you go. There's a ring to that, isn't there? To all my business leaders out there tuning in today. All you athletes, retiring athletes tuning in today. All you guys sitting back there going, what's next in my life? What, what am I going to do next? I need some help being accountable to next. I need some help holding myself accountable to what I want to do next. That next goal. Yeah, you're thinking about what's going to be next in your life. You got a goal, but you struggle with accountability. Why is accountability so difficult for everyone? It's incredible, isn't it? When you think about it, when you pause and think about it, the, the barrier to entry to taking care of yourself is actually minimal. The barrier to entry to being on time for something is minimal. No talent to being on time. No, no talent at all. No, t I, I laugh with uh, fellow business athlete AJ Zeglin about that whole skill set of being on time. <laughs> Yet, many of us are rarely on time. We're not accountable to ourselves. We're going to talk more about accountability here in the lab and helping you be accountable to yourself, to your goals to what you're trying to achieve next. Maybe you're looking for next, but, but you don't know how to hold yourself accountable to getting to next. I know, it's January around the corner. We know what that means. It's resolution time, right? So, okay, I'm gonna put a resolution down. I'm gonna ride the Peloton bike in my house. Yeah, I bought that Peloton last Christmas. 
I used it for three rides. And now it's holding my shirt. You know who you are, my friend. You know who exactly who you are, my friend. I have an idea for you. Why don't you join me? Join me daily. Find me on Peloton. Keith, be fast. That's Keith. That's what the kid is. Yeah, it's me. Keith, be fast. Find me on Peloton. Let's become accountability partners. I'm there every day. It's true. I have statistical proof. 192 weeks. Every single day, I've embraced the platform. Now listen, we're accountability agnostic. Yeah, we're the double A. Maybe you use the Nike platform. I don't know, maybe you use your own platform, your own training platform. Maybe you use the gym down the street. Maybe you have a membership sitting in your wallet. Do we still use wallets? Maybe it's sitting in your Apple wallet. But you never use it. Now you look at it. You drive by the gym. Maybe you need an accountability partner, an accountability specialist. Maybe you need myself. Maybe you need Dale Weiss. Hey, the guy's played 500, over 500 games in the NHL. Heck, many guys don't even play one, let alone 500 successfully. True. And then he goes, plays hockey in Europe, continues his career. That doesn't happen by accident. Dale himself has commented that he's perhaps wasn't the most talented guy on the ice, but he was the hardest working guy on the ice and that's what i pride myself on if you've been tuning into this show since day one we show up every day we're accountable to ourselves and we're accountable to you and you know who we're going to be accountable to coming up is our guest joining us today live in the lab let's go win jm ryerson's joining us today author leadership and performance coach international speaker and the host of the let's go win podcast maybe we'll have the old chief bat bleep myself keith billis on his podcast one day going to spread our accountability love our accountability messaging hey maybe you work with jm maybe you're a leadership or performance advocate of his but maybe you're struggling with your own accountability but you don't want to tell him you're like i don't want to tell jim I don't want to tell JM at all that I'm not being accountable to his stuff. Hey, we can support that for you with JM. So think about us as that supplementary membership, that supplementary accountability specialist that's going to help you achieve those goals. Let's pivot our attention to the screen. We know where JM is sitting. Again, if you're a regular, you know how this works. JM is over there. I'm going to turn my attention over there and welcome in Mr. JM Ryerson. Let's go win. We're going to do that and that and bring us right there, my friend. Brother, what is happening? I, I don't know if, if that is every time accountability, but literally you're talking about one of my favorite words. And I, I don't know, man, this could be a lot of fun because it gets such a bad rap and I'm listening to it and I'm like, Holy shit, he's talking to me. Like, this is my guy, so I, I this is going to be awesome. Boom. We're bringing it, man. So, so let's just jump right into it. Why is it so hard for us as human beings to be accountable to ourselves? And before you answer that, I made a joke about being on time, right? No skill required to be on time, yet most, yet many people are rarely on time. Why is that? <laughs> Unfortunately, they don't respect them. There's their own time. They don't respect other people's time is my answer to that. Yeah. Which is so funny because you're like, of course, I respect my time. Do you? Do you if somebody's late for a meeting where you expected them to be on time? They're not respecting your time. And if you're late, you're not respecting your own time. It is one of these funny things because we will lie to ourselves mm -hmm. all day long. But if you were to say, so my accountability buddies are my family, my, my two mm -hmm. sons, my wife, I will never lie to them. I'll lie to myself all day long, but I'll never lie to my kids. Yeah. 
And so if you look at it that way, where it's like, who's your accountability, buddy? Would you ever be late for your kids? For me, the answer is absolutely not. No, I'm like, they're my everything. So it's interesting how we will lie to ourselves. We will let ourselves down. But who won't you let down? Is it your mom? Is it your kids? Whoever it is, that's the person you want to have as your accountability person. And just think, if I'm late to this, I'm letting them down. And if you change the perspective, maybe now you can start to show up on time and respect your time. I think JM sometimes we maybe I'm type A. I don't know. Are you type A guy? Not at all, brother. My wife is. I am I'm the opposite, polar opposite. Okay. Okay. So I, I know type A people like myself often try to use that. To, I'll use I'll call I'll call it the bartender trip. The bartender trick. A good bartender can squeeze 28 ounces out of a 26 ounce bottle. Right. Highly productive and efficient people attempt, and I know I have been guilty, <clears throat> excuse me, in my lifetime of trying to squeeze 66 minutes out of a 60 minute hour. That jam, that kind of, I don't care if you type A, type B, but I think we do that, don't we? And I wonder if sometimes that makes us set up, if that sets us up to fail to our own accountability because we're trying too hard to fit 66 minutes into 60. Brother, so my wife, I'm watching her run around today doing exactly what you're talking about. All the while, she's stressed out. Now she's pouring stress on everyone else because she keeps saying yes to everything. And, and the truth is, every time you say yes, you're saying no to something else. And so mm. to those type A's, I'm like, look, stay present, stay in the moment. Tackle one thing that you can do right now. Tackle that right now. And that's it. Stop worrying about what's next. Just tackle this one thing and give yourself some grace. Because the truth is you're going to get it done or you're not. And if you don't, it wasn't that high of a priority. So it is funny, man. That whole thing where I'm like, look, you can't say no. I hear this all the time from type A's. I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're saying no to your kids. You're saying no to your health. You're saying no to whatever because you keep saying yes yes exactly yeah so jam let's let's keep the dialogue going you're joining us i believe from boca raton florida today i am isn't that where uh seinfeld has the retirement community down there in boca raton yeah brother there's there's many uh, retirement homes and people down here for sure but i i actually love it man it's awesome you're the youth of the community aren't you jam you're just the young guy just hanging out there running around probably shirt off and just doing your thing right that, that, that I would fall into the young guy. I'm not usually shirt off, but I'm in flip-flops damn near every day. So yeah, man, that's definitely me. That's awesome. So Jim, you've journeyed from being a successful entrepreneur to a leadership and performance coach. What was that turning point? That, that aha moment that made you go, I, I need to shift my focus over there. My next is now over there. It's a great question, man. And actually, it's going to go back to my youngest son, the accountability buddy, because what happened is I wrote my first book for my two kids. And I had on my bathroom mirror for three years, write the book for the kids, because it was really important to me that lessons from my parents, and my grandparents, and all the mentors I've had, that I shared these with my kids just in case I got hit by a bus the next day. Mm -hmm. And for three years, I didn't do much. And my son walked in one day and he said, Hey, How's the book going? And I will never lie to my kids. I, I had to shamefully look at him and say, I have a little bit of chapter one done. So he absolutely destroyed me and inspired me that moment. And it, the book was done within six months right after that. I tell you that because that was the turning point. I didn't realize it at the time. I thought I was just writing a book for my kids. But the gal I was working with said, man, you're selfish. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, if you only share this book with two human beings, you're selfish. Okay, cool. Publish the book. And it took me on what is let's go win this journey, which is every single day I get to work with people, inspiring them to live their best lives. So I get the chance to be a small part of them achieving dreams, doing things they didn't think were possible. And I became addicted to it, brother. And there was just no looking back. I let's go win the podcasts and the, the books and the philosophies, all this stuff. This is not me. This is so much bigger than JM. It's not even close. And that's why I named it. Let's go win because I truly believe in the philosophy. So 
that was the turning point, the publishing of the book. And then it's just taken on its own head of steam. And it's just been a cool ride, man. So on that ride with that full head of steam, was there a particular amusing or unexpected moment from that transition that really stuck with you uh, beyond the laughs? What's the most valuable thing that you learned uh, from that moment? Not to waste your time doing something you don't love. And I don't mean that in a cliche way because you hear it all the time, but it's true. There's a reason people all say it, right? Those people on their deathbed that are like, I wish I did things I loved. I was really good at what I did before, building teams, financial services, recruiting. Like I was good at it, man, but I didn't love it. And so when I found this working with, it's you were talking about athletes. I've worked with athletes. I work with executives. I get to work with them on living their best life because there were moments in mine where I didn't. So is there one specific moment that is sticks out to me that I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, me getting my ass kicked every day. I fail every day, Keith. I am awesome at it. And <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, 100%, yeah. But, and, but actually, Jan, let's interject there. But when you fail, you learn. So in other words, you're learning every single day. You're actively learning every single day. If you seek failure, you also seek learning. No, it's a, a thousand percent right. They're, the only way you don't learn is if you, if, excuse me, the only way that you truly fail is if you don't learn to that point. And it is, every single day is different. Every single day I know that I'm probably not going to, it's funny, my company's called Let's Go Win. I'm not winning every single day. That's not the point of why I named the company that, but I'm set up to win every day. I'm set up to put myself out there. So yeah, man, it's just, it, it's cool because I was just on the phone prior to us hopping on this interview and there's some adversity that we're facing with the social media platform, blah, blah, blah. And you know what I th said? I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. Because I know every time I get knocked down, I'm learning something that's going to propel me to the next thing. And every time we face serious adversity, I mean, think of the worst things that happen in your life something positive always comes out of it. And it's hard sometimes to see it, but it's true, man. So every time I just get knocked down, I, I just look, I smile, and I say thank you. Mm -hmm. JM, your second company, pivotal moment in your life. You, uh, you've opened up what was happening in the inside of you. On the outside, everything seemed great, right? Everything was great on the outside. The world thought JM was doing great. Successful, flying high. But behind the curtain, but behind JM's mirror, I like to call it your own mirror, your body, your marriage, probably your mind, your own self, you were struggling. Talk about that. Yeah, man. My wife, who I've, we're married now almost 18, oh shoot, I'm working on 19 years, my goodness. We were separated, brother, for a year. And the kids that I talk about, I, it got to a point where I was with them 50%, if that at the time. And to your point, if you look from the outside, making seven figures plus a year, everything is, looks great. But I was freaking miserable, bro. I hated going to work every single day. <laughs> I didn't like coming home either. There was like no reprieve. And it was because I truly wasn't being my authentic self is what I discovered. I was almost 300 pounds. I was not healthy. And I was an athlete growing up and, and in college. And it's, I reached this point where, gosh, was this rock bottom? I don't know, but it was as close as I want to get to rock bottom. And that's when I started to look in the mirror and say, you know what? This isn't on anyone else but you. And uh, let's make some changes. And it took time, man. It's not like overnight. Okay, hey, let's make some changes. And it just, boom. No, that's not the way it works. You created this mess over a long term. So it's going to take some steps to get out of it. Within that year period, I got back to my fighting weight, really for my weight. My wife and my relationship got back on solid ground. And I'm so glad it happened. That's the funny thing. Our communication today is so much better than it would have been had we not gone through it. So that's what I mean by facing those crappy times where it's, I'm so glad it happened because our relationship is that much stronger today. And I value my time with my kids that much more today than if I hadn't experienced that.
Good on you for having that awareness during those low moments in your life and reflecting and saying, okay, I guess I need to do something about this. But needing to do something about it, JM, and actually doing something about it, like we started the show, are really two different things. I'm curious, what was the role that accountability played in helping you, JM, stay focused and staying committed to making that shift? Because you had to do it day to day. You said yourself, I was hating work. I was hating coming home. <laughs> but yet you found the strength in yourself to look in your own mirror and go, okay, I got to be accountable to, to myself on a daily basis because I know that if I do this on a daily basis, good will come of it. How did you do it? Yeah, man, the word need and should, if I could take some words out of the dictionary, those would be two of them because I chose to, I get to do this. I get to go live my best life. I get to go be happy at work. I get to go repair my relationship. And no one else was going to do it. No one was there to fix it but me. And so I get the opportunity. Or conversely, I get the opportunity to continue down this misery path and tell everybody, woe is me. And I just made the choice that I get the opportunity to show up as the best version of me. And when I did that, it brought me back to so many lessons that I learned from my parents. The, one of the first lessons my dad said, do what you say you're going to do. That's it. That's it. There's nothing. It's not a fancy concept. Do what you say you're going to do. I committed to that. And I said, I'm going to have an incredible marriage. And I got the chance to repair that over time. And that allowed me to look in the mirror and say, you are not a victim. You get to be a victor. Now you made mistakes, right? And that's one of the things my wife and I talked about is, look, we made the mistakes, but we're not going to dwell on the past. We're going to focus on moving forward. And so we got the chance to do that together. And it's funny, man. People say all the time, I have to go to the gym. No, you don't. You get to go to the gym. Like you were talking about doing the Peloton, 196 weeks, I think you said, every single day. You don't have to do that, but you get to. And I think people fail to realize what a powerful concept that is because there are people that cannot hop on that bike. They're physically incapable of doing it, but you can. And so you get to do that. You choose to do that. That's incredible and embrace that gift. I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm sure there's days that you woke up within those weeks mm -hmm. where you're like, no, dude, I don't want to do this, but I get to. And when you embrace that concept, Next thing you know, you become addicted to it. And now you probably can't imagine not hopping on the bike. It would be foreign hop, not hopping on the bike because you get to. I think we have a little bit of it. So my, my days, that's non-negotiable time. That accountability time for myself is non-negotiable. Every single day has to start with dad in the gym. Right. And to me, Jam, the gym's the metaphor of whether that's like today's rest and recovery day. I wasn't pushing big heavy weight today. It was more about yoga, more about mindset, more about taking it easy so I can go hard again tomorrow and hard on Saturday. Right. But it's that mindset, but it's non-negotiable for me. That whole, this whole, that, and that's how I ensure my accountability. Sure. Some of it's gamification. Do you think I want to see that streak broken where I'm, where I haven't made 193 weeks or hundred? No, it's, it's the same thing. Just let me step away for one second. It's the same thing with this jar of peanut butter. So for the month of November, I, I call up my audience on what, what I call is no month, JM. Uh, last November, I woke up after Halloween going, I feel like shit. I crushed all the chocolate. I crushed all the peanut butter because I love peanut butter. It goes to everything. And I made it a habit every November to make it no month. Put my poison aside and just say no to it. So this November, I asked my audience to say the same thing. But I'm sharing this with you because it's now, what, December 13th? And daddy still hasn't opened up the peanut butter jar, right? So I, so I ensure my accountability by, okay, if I break the tape, I'm going to feel really bad about that. If I break the streak of 192 weeks, I'm going to feel really bad about that. So that's part of the motivation. H how did you ensure that you stayed accountable to yourself and your family during your tough times? Because there's no gamification going on for JM at that point in your low lives. Again, the reason you go to the gym every single day is so you feel you're non-negotiable. So you feel amazing, right? So you show up as the best version of you. 
that 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 was it for me because mm-hmm. the opposite is i continue to not have my kids over 50 percent of the time that that was not something i was okay with mm-hmm. i get to not be with my wife i didn't want that i thought in the, at a moment i didn't want to be together but the truth is i didn't like who i was looking at in the mirror and so how did i do it i chose me i chose to get back to being my happy, authentic self. And some of those things that you had to take away, right? Getting back to the gym, that was something that I had lost. Well, here's the funny thing about the gym. I don't go to the gym today for the physical side, although yes, it's a piece of it. I go for the mental side mm-hmm. because if I don't go work out, if I don't do, I'm tonal. I have a Peloton as well, but tonal is my obsession. Oh, I, yeah. It's freaking amazing. But if I don't do it, I don't feel great. If I don't do my yoga every single morning, which is my, it's not a heavy session. It's 11 minutes. I don't feel right. If I don't do my breathing, I don't feel right. If I don't do my affirmations, I don't feel right. If I don't do my meditation, I don't feel right. And for me, if I'm not feeling right, guess what? I don't, I'm not showing up as the best dad, the best employer, the best husband. And now my life starts to suck. I don't like that. I don't want my life to suck. So to you, like you said, non-negotiables, I I guess I think of it as in, yeah, I do this because I want to be the best version of me. Mm -hmm. I like being happy. So would I ever choose to be unhappy or would I choose to be happy? I'm going to choose to be happy every single time. What does that look like? That looks like doing those, as you said, non-negotiables. That's just part of the routine. Mm -hmm. I picked up on the fact that you said 11 minutes, which tells me a lot about how you think. Because when you look at an hour, you're like, oh, I can get that done in 11 minutes. I can get myself, my yoga, my mobility done in 11 minutes. Talk about the power of 11 minutes, JM. Yeah. So numbers, this is a dark, deep (laughs) rabbit hole that we could go down. Numbers are a huge thing for me. And truly being efficient Mm -hmm. with my time is important. I already told you I'm not type A, which I'm not. However, I also really like the idea of getting everything done so I can show up as the best version of me. Now, that's seven total poses involved with all seven chakras. That's how I chose it at a minute and a half a piece. As you add it all up, it ends up at about 11 minutes on the dot, similar to the breathing that I do. That's also 11 minutes. The yoga, excuse me, the affirmations, that's two minutes or three minutes. It depends on the day. And then meditation can vary, man. It could be nine minutes one day. It could be 33 minutes. But the whole idea is I have a window of time that I'm going to get this stuff done in. And if I have extra time, cool. Maybe I'm journaling a little bit more. Maybe I decide that's the time I want to I don't know, watch a TikTok video. I, whatever your thing is, it doesn't freaking matter. But I build in the time that I'm going to do all this so that I can show up as the best employer by the time I'm expected to. Not that there's a specific time, but I've put in my mind, I need to be ready to go by 10 a.m. Everything's, I'm on fire by that point. Some days, does it have to be earlier? Yeah, because we have earlier interviews and things happen. But on a daily basis, by 10 a.m., I've done everything that I needed to do for me. Now I can show up for everyone else. Man, we are aligned because I'm, I'm on the power of 10 a.m. too. I, uh, people, look, people ask me, so Keith, what's your day look like? My, day, my alarm goes off at 440. Uh, some days I snooze. Admittedly, I, I will, I'm not going to say I'm fucking Superman all the time when I don't snooze. I know that guys are like, oh, you're snoozing your life away for nine minutes. You know what? Sometimes daddy's got to snooze. But anyways... <laughs> My dogs don't snooze. By 5 a.m., they're like, Dad, you're not snoozing anymore. You got to get up and feed us. So I get up, I feed the dogs, and then my, I got my coffee. I, get my, I read my morning news, and I get my day going. And I do not book meetings with anybody before 10 a.m. Because that is my window into myself to get my stuff done. Because the moment I start booking meetings with JM and everybody else takes my time. So I, I'm on the same 10 a.m., and then I'll go till 10 p.m. at night. But... I'll drive my kids from time to time throughout the day in the evening. As long as I'm, as long as I'm taking care of my customers, my members, my audience, I, I then fit everything else back into the life, right? But that's how I work my day. How about yourself? No, brother, it's, it's similar. And I was actually going to ask you because I have a specific rule. Yeah. I don't do negativity before 10 a.m. either. Ah, yeah. 
Now, this was something that was fascinating. There's not a lot of non-negotiables with my wife and I. For hers, it's simple. JM, you can't drink and drive because back when we were separated, that was a problem. Dude, I'm a kid from Montana that definitely can put them back and drive just fine. Not saying it's good. I'm just saying I can't. And our generation, I'm 51. Our generation... That was just normal growing up, wasn't it? You pop the two four in the back of the pickup truck, head on down the back roads of Montana, go have some beers with your buddies, right? My brother, I we didn't go anywhere without having an open beer. It's just the way it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> gosh, I have so many stories on that. That was her non-negotiable. It's like, hey, no drinking and driving. I was like, yeah, now that's pretty simple. For God's sakes, with Uber and lift and all the things like yeah easy non-negotiable mine for her was i will do anything negatively i'll deal with any negativity but it won't happen until 10 a.m now does that always happen no of course there's exceptions but she knows now like if the world's on fire tell me about it after 10 a.m and i'll be at that mental place to be ready to respond and not react because what i found is before I would do all the things that I do for myself, all the morning routine, and you give me negative news, now the rest of my day just goes like this. It just goes downhill. So I've chosen to say, look, I'm going to do everything I can to show up as the best version of me, and by 10 a.m., I'll be there. And like you said, I'm I'm not quite 5 a.m. now. I'm 5.45 to 5.55. I've, I've given myself an extra hour, but... I give myself that time from six to 10 to really focus on me. And some of it is taking the kids or doing, helping with that stuff. But the majority of it is to sh- really pour into myself so I can show up as the best version of me. Yeah, I, I will confess this morning was, <clears throat> excuse me, much later. I, uh, I stayed up to watch my local, my beloved NHL hockey team, Winnipeg Jets last night played in San Jose and that's uh, uh West Coast time for me JM so uh, 9:30 start for my world 10:30 start for your world so by the time daddy watches that hockey game it's 12:30 a.m. and uh, yeah dogs no don't know time so like hey it's time to get up and feed <laughs> yeah it is it's also time to go back to hit the couch for half an hour before I get up and have my coffee so it's uh, one of those so again I'm not always perfect either but I will tell you this who was on the Peloton again today I was I was accountable to myself. So regardless, I had to shift my time around. I slept a little bit less hours last night, but was still accountable to this and still got on t- and still was on time for this and got all this done. So it's just that non-negotiable time. Yeah, I, it's funny because often people aren't clear on what their non-negotiables are. And clearly you have that. And I have the same where mm-hmm. my day really doesn't get started until all of this gets done. And yeah. it, it'll change and it'll vary, right? As the years go by, I've added things, I've subtracted things into that morning routine, but the overall ideas pour into you. In fact, one of the most simple things that I coach on is 15 minutes. So if let's say Keith was so busy that all he could give me was 15 minutes, I'd say, look, Keith, we're going to do five minutes on your mind, five minutes on your body, and five minutes on your soul. Just that much to pour into you before you start taking care of the business and the house and the kids and the dogs and everything under the sun that we do. It's one of the most simple concepts, yet so few people do it. Of course, now it's hard to stay accountable to things because you haven't poured into yourself. You haven't truly fed yourself all the goodness that you need to be accountable, to show up as the best version of you. And I think that might answer the question to everything we're circling around, which is why don't people pour into themselves as much because it's looked at as being selfish when in fact, it's the most selfless act that you can do. Is it? Yeah. Cause is it selfish? I say to my family and I say to my friends, I say to my colleagues, if you want the best version of me, you got to let me get to my non-negotiable time. No, it's so true. So you were talking about watching your jets last night. So that's your thing. Let's say for a guy listening, golfing is a big thing, but the wife is no, I know it's four hours away from the family, but if this is your thing and it fills your bucket and it allows you to show up the other six and a half days of the week, then ladies, let him go golf. Just if your thing is going out with the girlfriends, guys, let the girls go out with the girlfriends. It's so funny, man, 
how we get into these relationships and we start to take away from who that person is that we fell in love with to begin with. But it's let them pour back into themselves, whether it's a hobby, a sport, working out, whatever it is, so they show up happier to everything else in life. And I see it with so many executives that they're like, my wife won't let me do this. You need to have another conversation, brother, because the truth is, if that's important to you and it it allows you to show up as the best version of you, then it's not a question. It's I'm going to go do this so I can be the best husband. So anyway. Mm -hmm. Jam is the 15 minute tip. I'm trying to find the better word, but is that 15 minute strategy, the strategy you recommend to your audience, those retired athletes, those business leaders that are struggling to stay accountable, especially when they've come from a structured environment. Listen, you came from a highly structured corporate environment. It sounds athletes that go to work and be on a team. That's a highly structured environment. And then one day they wake up going, okay, that structure is gone. One day you woke up and that structure was gone. Was it you recognizing the power of 15 minutes, Jim? It's the bare minimum that I would suggest. And here's the crazy part, brother. There are pro athletes I work with that they don't even get, they don't do this for themselves. And what I mean by that, because they're giving so much to their organization, their team, whatever family time they have left, they always, not always, a vast majority forget to pour into themselves. And so that 15 minutes is like the bare minimum that I I coach on for anybody to say, what are you doing for you? And they'll start to talk and it's always about something else, not them. No, no. What specifically are you doing for you? How are you feeding your mind? How are you taking care of your body? With athletes, that's easy, right? The, the, Mm -hmm. The body part's taken care of. So they can subtract that five minutes. They could take it down to 10. What are you doing for your mind? And what are you doing for your soul? And so it's really simple. Feed your mind because the mind and the body are attached. That's not going away. If you're not feeding the mind, then the body's eventually going to fail and vice versa. And then the soul part is, what are you doing? I don't care if it's read the Bible, walk on the beach, go for a hike in the mountains. For me, it's meditation. What are you doing to feed that soul part of you? And when you can do that, now go take care of the rest of whatever you have to do. So it is funny, whether you're a former athlete or a current athlete, what are you doing to pour into yourself? And I'm not talking about for the team. I'm talking about just for you. And I find that people will start to find themselves much faster again if they just give themselves that 15 minutes a morning. For me, it's, again, two hours plus. But that's a lot to ask somebody. So that's why I broke it down to just five minutes in each arena. It's important to go. It's important to look out for yourself, to show up for yourself. I, I know some of the advice that uh, some of my, my, my business athletes, some of the athletes that have come through the lab have said, we spend our whole career focusing on our team and everything else. And then we wake up one day and the team's not there. So it's not only taking care of myself mentally, physically, but also professionally, what's going to happen once my pro hockey career is done or my pro football career is done, or my pro golf or baseball career is done. So perhaps part of those 50 minutes in your day is saying, okay, what am I interested in for the next part of my life? I'm going to go learn about finance or go learn about real estate. But it's just that whole concept, JM, of making sure your own mirror is taken care of. Yeah, dude, 100%. And one of the best examples, I think of Kobe, he's passed now, but the the day after he retired, he was already working on what ended up being, I think he won an Oscar, or not an Oscar, whatever the award, Academy Award for his short film, mm. because he literally, he, he had more than just being a basketball player. And the, the point is that being a hockey player or a basketball player, that is one part of your life. But it's not the end-all be-all. And I think where people get tripped up is when, everything they label themselves as I'm this Mm -hmm. you that's a piece of you but there's so much more to you and so whenever something comes up next it shouldn't be like oh my gosh but I'm the hockey player what else can I do brother you're a human being you could do so many things what interests you do you like to write poetry go for it who who cares that you played hockey and you can do poetry at the same time. There's no rules on this. It's just so funny how often the most successful people will limit themselves, even though they were at the very highest level 
of a profession, why couldn't they be at the highest level of any other profession? And I think that's when we see people that truly embrace life when they're like, yeah, I'm a hockey player, but I'm also a, a golfer. I'm also an incredible dad. I write books. Yeah, man, because there's multiple layers to you. And, and by the way, if you chose to crochet the next day, cool, that can be your thing. It doesn't matter because there's no rules. You get to write your story every single day. And it, it is fascinating, man, to watch people go through that identity crisis. Mm -hmm. We've been wrapped up in it for so long. And I learned that very early because my athletic career was taken out after my third knee surgery. And I was always JM the athlete, whether it's basketball or football or baseball or swimming or soccer, name a sport, I probably played it. But once that was taken away early in life, I had to go find myself. And it was in those quiet times that I was able to figure out that I love to read. I love to write. I love to dance and sing. And these are things I love to do. So why not do them? JM, many of our listeners are transitioning athletes, business leaders, facing identity shifts that you speak of. It's a common theme here in the lab, man. I know it's been part of my journey. It's been very much part of my vulnerability of coming out to my audience that it was, it took this show, this, this, um, for me to understand who I am now, I'm no longer the social media guy that had a big social media company and changed, did a bunch of crazy shit over there. It's taken me, it's been a journey for me, JM. Based on your expertise, because clearly you have been there as well. What are three practical steps? What are three practical steps that our audience can take to redefine their purpose and their identity? Mm. I'm going to give you three specific questions, brother, that everyone should ask themselves. Why do I believe that? So I'm the social media guy. Why do I believe that? That's what I did for 20 years. Cool. Okay. And, and if I can play with you there, I'll yeah. tell you why I believe that because it made me feel good. I loved all the memories of those experiences. I loved all the memories that was part of that. And it, it was, it was difficult for me to shed those feelings and shed all that, all the connection to those emotions and feelings. Do you follow me? Yeah. And so that's an incredible part. If you're, if your life is a book, that's an incredible chapter or six chapters or however long you want to make it of your book. And it's there, man. It, no one can take that away from you. Mm. However, you get to wake up and write your next chapter, your next story. Mm. And that's what's so interesting. I, I only gave you one, but I'll get to the other two. But mm -hmm. that's what's so fascinating, man, is people get caught up in, I did this, therefore. Look, man, labels are meant for boxes. They're not meant for human beings. And I know why we label each other, because it makes it easier, but doesn't mean it's true. And how is it serving me now? So that's the third question is why do I, oh, so why do I believe it? Is that true? And how's it showing up in my life? So in your case, Keith, why do you believe you were social media? Because I kicked ass at it for 20 years. Cool. Is that true? Yes, it is. Great. How's it showing up and serving you now? Actually, I'm thinking about the previous memories of how great my life used to be. And now I'm thinking about how shitty my life is now. Guess what, brother? It's not serving you. So let's put that chapter where it belongs and let's write your new chapter. Your new chapter is live in the lab and helping former athletes. And you can see the passion, brother. I was watching this intro and I was like, this is freaking awesome, man. This guy is alive. And you can see when somebody comes alive. And that is because you're writing the story now. Mm -hmm. You're not living what you were in the past. That's there. That's in the past. That's cool. But you are living in that present moment. So ask those three questions. Why do I believe it? Is it true? And how's it serving me now? And it'll answer every single time what you might want to consider an upgrade or a change, whatever you want to do. And in your case, live in the lab, you found your purpose. And by the way, tomorrow you could say, you know what? Now I'm going to be a pilot. Okay, cool, brother. Go yeah. do that. That is your option because you get to. Yeah. We often talk about vitamin G here in the lab, right? It's this get to, this gratitude instead of have to. 
right? So I love that it's a theme that we've been weaving in through our conversation today. And I have to share this with you, Jam. I woke up this morning from a colleague who sent me this picture she found in a coffee shop and it said, a self-portrait. The way you see yourself will determine how you sell yourself to the world. In this way, the world cannot determine your value. Right. So the way you see yourself will the way you see yourself will determine how you sell yourself to the world. In this way, the world cannot determine your value. In other words, you're saying that the world's not determining my value. I'm determining my value to the world by showing myself to you who I am and what I'm offering you. Ah, it's freaking brilliant. And one of the mantras I say every morning is I am the energy I desire to show up. I am the energy I want to attract in this world. I am. So I own this, right? If I want positivity in my world, I am going to be that. I am the energy that I want to show up in, in this world. And it's just, it is interesting because if you think about that for a second, what that woman sent to you and what I'm saying is like, you're taking full responsibility. You are taking full accountability mm-hmm. for, I am responsible for how my life goes. The beautiful thing about that is that means I, no one else gets to determine that, just Mm me. Mm -hmm. And when you take that on, nothing can stop you other than yourself. Now you've taken all these other variables out. It's not mom. It's not the neighbor. It's not the market. The only person that determines your success, happiness, all of that is you. And that is beautiful. So that I'd love to get that from you because I think it's awesome. But it's literally just saying like, you are responsible for how your life's going to go. How's it? How are you showing up today? What it also says to me, JM, and I believe this is, this is what prevents many people from being accountable to themselves or even just moving forward throughout the day is that we are also worried about what JM is thinking of me. Oh, I'm not going to post this on LinkedIn or Twitter today because Jam's going to think I'm a fool or he's going to judge me or something, or I'm not going to make a video or I'm not going to do this because, oh, they're all going to think I'm something when the reality is nobody cares. Hey, nobody cares. And it's so egotistical to think that they do have anything like it's none of your business what anybody thinks of you. Right. You so have zero control. So what you're saying is, Keith, why do you, why do I care that Jam is going to judge me for a LinkedIn post that I'm putting out there? But yet we all, that's why when you put a room of 100 people together, only 99 people aren't posting. They're only consuming because they're just too nervous about what somebody else might think of them. God, what a waste of freaking time and energy. Isn't that crazy? It is. You have zero control. That's So those type A's, mm-hmm. those people out there that are really control like you don't have any control over what anyone else thinks and if you think you do that's crazy narcissistic egotistical thinking the truth is it's absolutely of zero zero percent responsibility you have zero percent chance of not influencing that's the wrong word changing the way they think Mm -hmm. so why waste any time on it It's an absolute waste of your time to think what anyone else thinks about you, because guess what? You can't change it. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you're listening right now on the podcast, you're tuned into Keith Billis and J.M. Ryerson here live in the lab. What an enlightening, energetic conversation happening right now. J.M., let's talk about performance. So in the lab, we view performance as part of the journey. It's not static. It's not about winning the Stanley Cup or winning the Super Bowl. It's really about the journey along the way. That's how we define performance here in the Business Athlete Performance Lab. How does J.M. Ryerson define performance? Yeah, really quick to that, I before I say my, one of the most fascinating things about asking athletes, you ask them like, hey, tell me about your career. You won't hear them say, oh, I won this MVP or I won the Stanley Cup. You will hear them talk about the bus rides, the flights, the locker room, the buddies, the funny story on the ice. Like it's so crazy to me how we get so caught up on championships and rings and all this stuff. When the truth is the journey that getting together with a team and accomplishing something greater than you ever thought you could. It's that piece that people always talk about and remember 
it's not about the actual pinnacle or winning that thing. So it is the joy is in the journey. It's one of the most true statements there is. And for those listening that you're like, my journey sucks right now, dude. Like I freaking loathe every moment of my existence right now. Someday you're going to look back and you're going to be grateful for it. You'll look back and say, that was the best thing that could have happened to me. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So my dad passed away a year and a half ago. And he and I were as tight as a father son can be. He was my hero growing up and all of that. The way he died is he actually killed himself. Now, I'm not ashamed of that. And it's not something that I focus on because, look, that doesn't define his life at all. And the reason that I say that's awful, I want my dad back every single day, but it's not going to bring him back. And so what the gift that I was given is this level of perspective that I could never achieve. I don't think I could ever achieve it without losing him. Now, of course, I want him back. I didn't, I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but the gift that the, that I was given is this level of perspective for life. And I think that's the same way for anybody in an athletic endeavor, in a business endeavor. Think of the worst thing that could happen. We went bankrupt. My business partner stole a couple million dollars, which by the way, that's happened to me as well. These things happen, but what are you going to focus on? Are you going to sit there and focus on the achievement or the worst of the worst? Or are you going to focus on the journey, which was, it was a learning lesson. I learned some invaluable lessons that I can pass down to my kids or to my listeners or to my, my, in, my group that I influence. And that's the beauty of life, man, is if anybody thinks it's going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time, it's not. I promise you, you're going to have some dark times, but there's always a lesson if you're willing to embrace it and look at it. Jay, a male loneliness, hmm. guys your age, my age, our age, one of the highest risks right now in society. Men are lonely. Men don't like to reach out. Men don't like to talk to their buddies. Men don't like to say, hey, Jay, I'm human. I appreciate you. Hey, Jam, I love you. Hey, Jam, I really appreciate our friendship. I, I really value our friendship. And listen, by the way, guys, if you're listening right now, I would encourage you right now to pause and reach out to a buddy and just say, I'm thinking about you. It doesn't hurt. But I bring this up. Your best friend dies. Your best friend takes his life. Who's Jam turning to in those dark moments, those dark minutes? Your wife, your buddies? Who did you turn to to help you through those moments, Jam? The truth is in, in the immediate aftermath, I turned to, I wrote and wrote and mm -hmm. wrote because there was some crazy shit going through my head in terms of just think of some vile, nasty stuff. I didn't want to share that with anyone or bring that on. So right away, that's where I went to. However, after I purged and brain dumped, then I did turn to my wife, my friends, my family, I have some amazing mentors in my life that I was able to call and just share. Now it is what you said is so true. And I don't know, I think it's generational just baggage of not saying, Hey, I love you to another man who gives it look like, yeah, say that man. Mm -hmm. If you truly love another human being, who cares mm -hmm. if it's a man or a woman, say it. But I know the idea, look, I was taught boys don't cry. That was the lesson I was taught. And it's all, yeah, you too. It's all horseshit, man. Mm -hmm. Because what, okay, don't cry. Let's stuff that way down until it blows like a volcano into the- Doesn't work. Yeah, it's really toxic, man. <sighs> and I think the more that we're able to just embrace the fact that men have emotions too, and we should share those. I'm not saying go around crying, but look, if it feels good to let it out, what are you ashamed of? It doesn't make you any lesser of a person. But I, I went through that too, right? Where it was like, I'm not going to show emotions and I'm just going to be this, I'm going to look the part, be tough. And what a miserable existence, man. And you're really a shell of who you truly can be. So for those that are lonely, those men that truly are feeling that because it exists in a major way, I would ask you to reach out to someone and just say, hey, man, you know what? I, I wanted to let you know that I'm thinking of you and I really appreciate you. I send those three texts every morning to, to three people I, I care about. 
And it's not for them. It's me sending love. It's actually a very selfish thing. I send love out and guess what? Great things happen. That's not why I send it out. It feels good. Well, so, yeah, because you yeah. don't expect it in return, right, Jam? It's a wonderful message to send out with no expectations, isn't it? Yeah, brother. I actually erase those texts immediately. I, I send them out and I erase them so I don't, I don't remember who I sent it to. Because it's, you're right. I just want to send it out. That's the energy I'm sending out. Mm -hmm. Love. And uh, yeah, man, it feels good for me. I don't do it for them. Although I've heard people say, oh man, you don't know how important that was for me that day. I was in the worst day of my life. I've had those texts come back and it's brother, I'm glad I could shed a little joy today because you've done that for me. And mm -hmm. maybe I didn't tell you in that moment. Well, and that, that's the purpose of this show. I've had, I, I have finished this show live. Minutes later, my phone rings or I get a text. And a couple of times in the, in, the, in the past jam, I've had a text from a guy who I haven't heard from in years, hockey dad. He's like, hey man, I'm going through a tough spot and I didn't know how to reach out to. And I just figured you'd be somebody who'd listen to me. I'm like, absolutely, let's talk. So we're trying to create a safe space for leaders and retiring athletes who, who left their team on Friday and wake up on Monday going, where the hell am I gonna go next? So that's some of the ideology here in the lab. But jam, we have gone through a whole hour and it's been a spectacular hour and I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Before we say goodbye, could you give me, could you give my audience a behind the scenes look into J.M. Ryerson's coaching philosophy and how it fosters a sense of community and shared purpose amongst your customers, your clients? Yeah, man. So the, the overall philosophy of Let's Go Win is it exists to inspire people to live their best lives. Our core values are happy, healthy, wealthy, and the mantra is getting better every day. So once people buy into, I want to be happy, I want to be healthy, I want to be wealthy. And I'm not talking income when I say wealth necessarily. Of course, it's a part of it, but I'm talking spiritually, I'm talking relationship wise. When people really say, yes, that's, I want to be happy, I want to be healthy, I want to be wealthy, that now we find common ground and now we can really build on something. And the happy one is the easiest one for me. If I were to look for somebody to be a part of the community, but they're truly like, they're a stick in the mud, man. They, they don't like having a good time. Everything's glass half empty. I'll be the first to be like, you know what? This is, isn't the place for you. Because we look at the glass, not only half full, man, we're looking at that. It, there's a glass, baby. We got the, we have a glass. This is amazing. Yeah. And it really makes everything really simple because you're finding people that are like-minded that truly want to impact the world in the best way they can. And so that's the whole idea of let's go win. And the last thing I'll say with let's go win, the philosophy is it's not about you. And it's funny because we spent so much of the show talking about the morning rituals and routines, but the truth is it's not about me. That part of it is not about me. It's so I can show up as the mm -hmm. best dad, husband, employer. And so that overall leadership philosophy that I bring with Let's Go Win and personally is it's not about me. And what that allows is for us to accomplish amazing things, whether it's a collaboration. By the way, you mentioned being on the show. If you're not already a guest, man, of course you're going to be because this was an awesome conversation. But that's the overall philosophy of Let's Go Win is inspiring people to live their best lives through those the getting better every day and being happy, healthy, wealthy. My audience wants to find J.M. Ryerson. Where can they find you? I think the two best places are Let's Go Win.com and then Let's Go Win 365 on Instagram. That seems to be where the most traction happens. So those would be the two best places. Awesome. And lastly, is there anything that I did not ask you about today that you wanted to make sure the audience knew about from either J.M. Ryerson, from the business, anything that you want to plug out there right now? This is your chance to do that. It's my favorite question in the world, by the way, and I do it on my podcast as well. I love it. You know what I would say is take the masks off because masks are meant for parties. They're not meant for real life. And what I mean by that is show up as your authentic self. At some point, you put those masks on to fit in. Take it off, man. That shit is heavy. It's let your light shine through. So I would leave with that is just, you know, take those masks off and really be you because... Uh, you are an amazing human being inside there and all this stuff that you try to portray 
it's BS and people see through it and you're not happy anyway. So take them off, man. Just show up as you. Awesome. GM, thanks for showing up as you today, live in the lab with myself. Thank you, Keith. You're awesome, brother. I appreciate you. Ah, you're very kind and I appreciate you as well. I'm going to throw you into the green room for a second while I say goodbye to the audience and I'll come back and walk you out of the lab. All right. Hang tight. Perfect. Okay. You guys all know how this works. I turn this over there. I turn this. Let's see. This is going to work today. No, I was not going to work today. Maybe that one works. There we go. Hey, show up as yourself. That's what JM says to wrap up today's show. Take off the mask, show up as yourself. When you show up as yourself, being accountable to yourself is that much easier. And listen, or we are every single day holding you accountable. Monday to Friday, we're live in the lab, and you can find us and all the extra stuff that we put out there inside the lab, inside.bapple.ai. Go subscribe. Go put yourself on the newsletter list. Get the content into your podcast machine daily. Get the contents into your inbox daily. We're making great stuff for you guys. We're making great stuff to help you be accountable. And we have some cool announcements around next year and membership and accountability programming and stuff like that to help you guys get to your next goals. So until tomorrow, I'm Keith Billis. I'm out of here. We'll see you guys tomorrow live in the lab. I'm going to do this and do this.